Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Actual Football. Yeah, this is a 40 for 40 podcast, but we're not talking some trifling game. Oh, no, we're not talking some exhibition. No, we're not talking some excuse to just roll up to some, like, uh, run-of-the-mill, large-block consumer joint and consume, like, a bunch of buffalo wings in the name of friendly competition between two schools. No, no, no. We're at the Peach Bowl semifinal. That is the game which is symbolized on SB Nation's bowl guide with a cow riding on an enormous Zeppelin. Yeah, we're at Alabama, Washington. This is real, and it is happening at 3 o'clock p.m. in Atlanta, Georgia. And 50% of this podcast will be in the booth. Where, you, the, you, where, where am I going to be? Uh, we we you were going to tell you that. You, you don't yeah, give a shit. Yeah, you're going to be in Brooklyn. You're going to be all posted up with a baby and some stuff, right? Yay. Where yeah. You rubbing am- elbows with... I, I can't name names on this podcast, can I? Look at it. Look at it. Look at it this way. You'll be with a very small human in an enclosed space, and Holly and I will be we'll with Nick, be Saban. Nick Saban. Right, another One small, squalling human being in another enclosed a space. So it's really based. He's colicky. Really, he's colicky too. So watch out for that. Perpetually colicky. <laughs> The process is colicky. Mm-hmm. Let's just let's just say that. Uh, the Peach Bowl featuring Alabama v. Washington. That would be number one Alabama. That would be Alabama undefeated. Alabama uh, has not really even sniffed defeat all season long. Versus uh, number four Washington, our Pac-12 champs, coached by Chris Peterson. Coming off of a one-loss season in the Pac-12. That would be one loss to USC, a team that yes, early in the season and before they were really fully formed and changed quarterbacks to Sam Darnold, 
Darnold. Uh, what was what was the score of that game? Does anyone have that on hand? Was it fifty six to three? I think I, it was eighty to nine. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Nailed it. Yeah, it was a heap a lot to nothing, basically. And people will assume that means a lot here. So what we have to do is we have to sell you on the notion that maybe Washington stands a chance in this game. Anybody, anybody want to take a stab at that? Um, the SEC is doing a real good job in bowl season so far of <laughs> lending credence to the idea that Alabama is very good, but the competition they faced in the conference this year was not. Bill had a good piece up on it today. He did. Overall, overall S&P rankings for the SEC and largely down over the last three years until you look at one team, Alabama. Thus buffeting my theory that Alabama is basically this like large tumor just sort of sucking energy, life, and time off of the rest of the conference. Gross. Um, Accurate. Other, I mean, I guess the other, the other easy, easy thing people have pointed to is um, Alabama is actually going to have to face a quarterback this time. That's also a thing that they didn't really have to do in a lot of uh, in a lot of conference competition this year. They're playing. They're playing like uh, uh, Chad Kelly, who doesn't have guns. Probably that's that's one way to look at it. Sure. Um, <clears throat> all I know is that he, Jake Browning's thrown more touchdowns than I want to make sure I get this right. Yes, this is right. He's thrown five more touchdowns than Florida, Auburn, and LSU combined. Hmm. That sounds hmm. challenging. I, I will also state this. While we're selling all this, and this is uh, a tangible, and I have an intangible to go after it. One tangible advantage that Washington has is this. Washington has two wide receivers. And, and, and like, tell me a time when Alabama's faced two actual wide receivers with an actual quarterback who can get them the ball. Uh, it's been pretty rare this year. And with also, they're facing the best coaching staff they've faced. I don't think there's anybody who's going to be more obsessively prepared for this game than Chris Peterson. That doesn't mean they're going to compete because I don't know with the massive recruiting that Alabama's been able to do over the course of Nick Saban's tenure that anyone's really going to be able to go depth chart for depth chart with them. But they're not going to walk in not knowing what they're going to see. They're going to see everything. And they're going to know what's coming. So Washington will be like the most studied, and they'll have an advantage at the perimeter. Other than that, I got nothing. Yeah, the the flip side is if we're going to talk about Alabama maybe not facing much competition this year, oh boy, Washington. Um, uh, yeah, you, you want to... And the problem with Washington is that when they did face decent teams those were the games that got a little wonky uh yeah like versus usc where they could not protect jake browning they could not or versus or versus utah when utah really had every chance to win had almost every chance to win that game until the very very end and jake browning wasn't very good in that game so uh, they there was definitely an element of Washington benefited from a Pac-12 North that was pretty far down, and they caught most of those te- most of the teams on their schedule, with the exception of USC, I would say, um, kind of at the bottom or when they were trying to figure shit out. Uh, so yeah, it's <sighs> I don't know, man. Wow, we I guess we made a good effort. 
This, but all we've done is really mimic what the media as a whole has done over the past like two weeks. Everybody the came media. in. Well, everybody came in and said, oh, it's Alabama. They're going to stomp Washington. And then everybody started digging up. Well, you know, let's try to make a case for Washington. And then the case for Washington just sort of fell apart. And we we're like, well, uh, hopefully it'll be a fun game. Which is not to say that, you know, we don't have opinions about this game because regardless of our feelings about Alabama, I am consistent in my position of just wanting something, anything different to happen. Please, I'm bored. There is there is one X factor here, and that is that um, now that Lane Kiffin has a new home to go to, he's getting a little mouthy. Uh, yeah, Lane Kiffin, in addition to... Mouthy's not a big word for it. <laughs> Notice um, we, didn't say mouth, we didn't say mouth and brainy, right? Yeah, he's not Ooh. mouth smart, no. Yeah. No, I also not say, that anodyne kind I, of... Go ahead. Yeah, do it. That's all right. Well, it's just it's let's let's say this. It's special. It's special that at the end of, you know, the the running theme of uh, Lane Kiffin's Alabama tenure was this was, quote unquote, like a rehabilitation of his image. And part of that was that he really wasn't allowed to talk very much when he was. It was under very controlled circumstances. Nick Saban was careful to give him praise, but also, you know not overdo it. It was all very well managed from a PR perspective. And, and then and then Lane Kiffin said, you know what? Now that I have a job at FAU, uh, I think that people need a Lane Gets Real feature. Whoops. Yeah. And they got one. They, they really got one. Because he, he did say this, that when asked if his three years at Alabama had been fun, he said, quote, fun. Yeah. We don't use that word a lot. And, but yeah. but Holly That's really wants to... I know Holly wants to talk about more than that. I, it's It doesn't really... It's not really a tonal fit for this podcast. I'm not sure this is the medium to that, point no, out. Instead of being like the fine. usual anodyne kind of asshole he is, Lane Kiffin said, you know, he hired... Kendall, he's hiring Kendall Bryles to be his offensive coordinator. That's Bryles from Baylor. And said the reason he didn't bring Kendall's daddy along was because he didn't want protesters. Yeah, and also on the roster now is the quarterback who was booted from FSU for punching a woman, which apparently that was in motion before Lane got there. I don't know if I buy that, really. Because, like, who, who brings in a quarterback without consulting the coach you're about to hire? But well, that's the thing. He said it when it came up in Nancy Armour's USA Today story yesterday, and I thought it might have been like I read it and I got mad and I read it again. And you can see a way in the story in which this quote could have come from like somewhere else in the interview, and it's just unfortunately placed. But then he fucking said it again. He was pretty. Yeah, when he talked to Thamel, it was pretty. It was pretty clear. Yeah. Well, you'd have to assume somebody was watching the FAU situation at all. That, that's where that's where things get real. About private prisons and panopticons, but this doesn't feel like that place. Yeah, let's remind everybody: Florida Atlantic was going to have a an actual stadium named after a prison, a private prison company, right? Uh, but Welcome yeah, the Running Man Stadium between Schnelli, Carl Polini, Alcatraz, and now Kiffin pretty special uh yeah this is goddamn special it's gonna be good uh two words boat accident boat accident (laughs) two more words insurance fraud insurance (laughs) guys guys it can be both 
<laughs> yeah, they go hand. They go hand you in hand. You got a accident in my insurance fraud. <laughs> I will also. I would also be. I think I'd be irresponsible, and I'd be completely disloyal to the mission statement of this podcast and our website if I did not cite things that would happen to Alabama fans as they entered Atlanta, because many of them are veterans now, but there's still people from Alabama entering the city of Atlanta. So the following things will all happen. If you have a few, just chime in. Uh, I've got a couple that are just guaranteed. One, when do we get off the train? When? This is it always hate- my favorite when everybody behind them just starts screaming, go, 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 like they're in a Navy commercial. Yeah, which I have done. A very slow Navy commercial. <laughs> Do you want to exit train slowly? The Navy. Roll I have back. never once taken advantage of the fact that these jackholes don't know where to get off a labeled train station. Yeah, the thing that says the Georgia Dome, and they're like, is this where we get off? Yes, yeah, it's where you get off, honey. Just go, go I've ahead. never once taken advantage of this, and it's not out of the goodness of my heart. It's more out of boredom. I mean, all, all I'm hearing is Washington fans need to doctor some signage, so... Uh, two Alabama fans milling around the Georgia Dome with the universal lookup. This ain't shit on their face. That's it. That's another good one. Is mm, this ain't shit? Swan around Atlanta, going like, "Is everything wrong with the world? Like it's New York? Like their like their sneer gets an extra dollar in, in the donation?" But tin. they're they're not even in the sneer worthy like the the den of sin part of Atlanta. They're just in the no. boring part. <laughs> No man, there are a bunch of like parking garages and like uh, like the CNN Center. That, that's where they're at. They're across from beautiful Centennial Park, and they're like, I don't think wow. Coke. I don't think Coke deserves its own world. I think it's a wonderful product, but let's be <laughs> honest that that Dominique world belongs Wilkins to the Lord. Statue. He couldn't even win the win the SEC once. Roll Tide. The, you know what? That water ain't even moving in the Georgia Aquarium. That's that that's cruel to the fish. What what are they doing there? I mean, you know what, Jonathan Allen? He he's got more movement than a beluga. Beluga ain't shit to me. Birmingham Aquarium wouldn't have one. It's a metaphor for Georgia football. <laughs>